Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter and is casually known as Good Shepherd Sunday uh, because the appointed lessons deal with Jesus, the Good Shepherd. You can see the theme of Christ as the Good Shepherd flowing through each of our lessons and, of course, through Psalm 23. Uh, But I want to take a quick overview of the lessons and see this theme. In the passage from Acts 20, the Apostle Paul here is addressing pastors. Um, The word he uses for elders refers to pastors. So these are pastors that are in Ephesus, and they've gathered to hear Paul's final words to them because he tells them, I won't see you again when I leave here to go to Jerusalem. Listen to what he says. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Of course, we can see the theme of good shepherd uh, and Christ being the shepherd, the good shepherd, and pastors being the under shepherds entrusted by the Holy Spirit. It is not a small thing to feel that that way. But go on to the end of that passage to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Yeah, God the Father didn't present his blood, but it was the blood of Christ that was that obtained the church of God. This passage is is making it abundantly clear in case there was any confusion about who Jesus Christ is he is God. He is God the Son. It was his blood. So you hear that again, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his blood, with his own blood. Psalm 23 begins, the Lord, the Lord. You'll notice the Lord, all capitals with the O-R-D being a little bit smaller. That's our clue when we're looking at an English Bible that that word is Yahweh, the Lord Yahweh. That is God. The Lord God is my shepherd. So when you fast forward to the gospel lesson and you see these times where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd, my sheep and so forth. Oh, there's no mistaking it. He is claiming to be God, Yahweh. That is what Jesus is saying. Of course, the Jews in his day understood that. That's why they wanted to stone him, because they knew he was claiming to be equal with God. Similarly, in our lesson from Revelation, we catch a glimpse of heavenly worship. And what's happening in this heavenly worship? Jesus, the Lamb, is worshipped and glorified. Jesus is the good shepherd, and Jesus is fully God. But the Pharisees, as we see in our gospel lesson, they don't see this very clearly. They are confused as to who exactly Jesus is. John records in his gospel in the ninth chapter, here we were, our lesson today was from the 10th chapter, but if you go back to the ninth chapter, there's an account where Jesus healed a man who was born blind and he healed him on the Sabbath. Uh Uh-oh, he did this good thing, but he did it on the Sabbath. I don't know what to make of that. And the Pharisees, John records, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. 
But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. See, the Pharisees were not sure what exactly to make of Jesus, and they were troubled by him. He was disrupting their uh, fiefdom that they had established over the people. So here they come asking Jesus in our gospel lesson today to settle this uncertainty that they, that they have, really to settle their uncertainty. So they say to Jesus, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus basically is saying in response to them, I have told you plainly who I am. The problem is not that I am unclear about who I am. That's not the problem. The problem is that you don't hear my voice. The Pharisees are putting the question to Jesus, Who are you? But that's not the question that they should be asking. The question they should be asking is, who are we? Who are we? Are we of the sheepfold? That's the question. It's not who is Jesus. That's been answered. His works testify to who he is. The identity of Jesus as the Christ is settled. His works bear testimony to his identity. He restores sight to the blind. He heals the lame. He raises the dead. Think of Lazarus. He is the Christ. And his sheep know this. Why? Why do his sheep know it? Is it because there's something that they've done to gain this special knowledge? No. It's because of something that they have not done. Specifically, they have not presumptuously rejected Jesus. They have listened to him and they have heard the very word of God. Think of Jesus speaking to Simon, to Simon Peter, when he made the confession, you are the Christ. What did Jesus say to him? Simon Barjona. And by the way, Barjona just means son of Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. That's from Matthew 16. It's not by sheer intelligence or a will to believe, but God the Father reveals Christ to whom he will. Put very simply, his sheep are those who hear his voice. We may be tempted to equate hearing his voice with doing the works of the law. I mean, there's a relationship for sure. Um, Those who hear his voice follow him. So we will do the works of the law, but don't confuse those works of the law as as, as what it takes in order to hear the voice or to be a Christian. It's, It's not by the works of the law. And of course, We hear his voice and we always listen and do everything that he tells us to do, right? No. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. These words from Isaiah 53 describe sheep as those who go astray. The sheep are those who turn from their way. 
You know, you know, you, you know that you hear his voice. You know what you ought to do, but then you don't do it. Bad sheep, whip. <laughs> Is that how Jesus treats us? No, of course not. Listen to the, the, the next part of Isaiah 53. Well, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But it goes on. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. <laughs> I mean, we sheep are the ones who realize that, yes, we hear his voice. We hear what he beckons us to do. We know what we ought to do and we strive to do it. And sometimes we do. And do we get the glory for that? No, we give glory to God. God, thank you. And then sometimes we don't do what we ought to do. And who gets the glory for that? God, because we turn to him and we say, Lord, forgive me. And he is gracious and loving and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love to say, I have laid your sin your iniquity on Jesus Christ, who has taken your sin to the cross and paid the price for your sin. So the Pharisees were asking him who he was, and it's clear he's the Christ. He and the Father are one. That's what he, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Yet the Pharisees don't hear. And it's not that he didn't answer them. It's not that they wouldn't accept his answer. It is that they wouldn't accept his answer. It's not that he didn't answer. It's that they just wouldn't accept the answer he gave them. The Pharisees were too concerned with their own righteousness. That's, what, that's what's going on. They are too concerned with their own righteousness to accept that they don't have righteousness, that they need an alien righteousness, someone else's righteousness. That's the contrite heart. The contrite heart sees that. Oh, I need Christ's righteousness because my own righteousness is not good enough. But thank God that Christ's righteousness is. And here they are asking, asking who he is. And he is the Christ, the Messiah, the righteousness that they need. And he is right before their eyes. But they will not hear it. They will not hear him and they will not follow him. So many people in our day also do not hear. And it's not because Jesus has failed to reveal his identity. That's not what causes unbelief. It's because some people will not look at themselves in the mirror. They won't examine themselves and see that they have gone astray. Some people are too busy criticizing the church, for example, or finding problems with those hypocritical Christians all a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, we are. No argument there. Blaming God for the problems they face. Why has God done this to me? Indeed. Why has God done this injustice where he laid upon Christ, who was blameless, your sins and mine? Why has God done that to me? Because he loves me. That's why. He and because he loves you. That's why he has done this. That's why it pleased the son to take upon himself your sins. Because God the Father loves you. His desire is not that you perish. His desire is that you be saved. 
And we're not immune from these doubts and problems within the church. We do the same thing. Sometimes we want God to reveal himself in our terms. We, we define the terms by which God will be revealed. God, answer this prayer the way I want it answered. God, take away this suffering from me. I want to be happy, God. God, if you truly love me, you wouldn't let me suffer this injustice. Hear the words of the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. That is good news. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. My beloved sheep, we are in the sheepfold. No thing, no person, not even death, not even death can snatch you out of his grip. Do you worry that your faith is not strong enough? Fear not. Your Savior is strong enough. Do you worry that your sin has disqualified you? Fear not. Your sin has been taken away on account of Christ, the Good Shepherd. Do you worry that you may suffer and die? Fear not. For although you may suffer and die, The good shepherd has overcome death. In fact, it is through our death that his power is revealed most clearly. For he has overcome death for you and he will raise you on the last day and he will give you a glorified body that doesn't suffer. And he will say to each one of you, well done, good and faithful servant. Pastor, does that mean that there's some works that I'm doing that he's going to say are well done? Yeah, there are. And you don't even know what they are because you're just being a dumb sheep. And not just you, but me too. We're just being dumb sheep that are following Christ. We don't even know the things that we're doing that are good. They're foreign. It's not even well understood. Just simply following Christ, hearing his voice repenting of our sin day in, day out. And he, the good shepherd, is faithful. Your faith isn't strong enough, but he is strong enough. Your sins would disqualify you, but not in Christ because your sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.